uh, interesting how the Lord brings things full circle. Um, many years ago, I started here at Gateway Church, and uh, um, one of the first ministries that I had was youth ministry, if you can believe that. And uh, um, I'll get to this later here, Nate. And uh, the Lord has, has a, a sense of humor because it's come full circle. I, I'm kind of, Pastor Joel and myself, we're youth pastors right now for a season. And we're having the time of our life. We're here on Wednesdays. It's like, wow, I needed to get young again in my heart. And the best way for that to happen is to hang out with a bunch of kids. And on Wednesday night, the Lord's been putting in our hearts um, a series to do. And it's on the, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And we're trying to, to share with the kids how important it is to understand the Holy Spirit and the power that the Holy Spirit gives us. And uh, Pastor Joel did the teaching on Sunday. And this is just a little precursor because at some point, I want him to share a dream that he had, all right? In Acts 2, it talks about the day of Pentecost when the church was, was born. And, and uh, Jesus told his disciples, don't go back to Judea and go back to fishing as your occupation. You're going to fish for people. And he said, you stay in Jerusalem until I send the Holy Spirit. And they obeyed, and they, they were up in that upper room, right? And they were praying and seeking the Lord. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell. And they were empowered. They were so afraid before then. Do you remember? I mean, they thought what happened to their Lord was going to happen to them. They thought, we're the next ones to be hung on a tree and to be whipped and, and beaten to death. And they were afraid. And they ran away. But on that day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell on them, guess what happened to them? They were not afraid anymore. They were, they were filled with the power of God. They were courageous. And that's what we need. We need the Holy Spirit, right? Amen. We don't need to just hear about the Holy Spirit. We need to experience the power of the Spirit. And so Pastor Joel had this dream. Acts 2 says, when the Spirit comes, young people will have visions, right? And old guys, Joel, this is you. Because I don't have dreams like Joel does. Joel had this incredible dream. This isn't even in my notes. This dream of the work of the Holy Spirit. And he shared that on Wednesday. It was powerful. And someday I'm going to have him share it with you. And I know the Lord's going to do a great work. Well, we were bowling on, on Friday night, all right? We, we took the kids bowling. And... Uh, I didn't get the bowl this time, but someday I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get, get on the lanes there again. Pastor Joel, he's a great bowler. Did I tell the story or not? I don't think I did. And uh, I told the kids, I said, any kid that beats Pastor Joel, I'll buy you the, 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 the candy bar and the pop of your choosing. 
That's how much faith I had in this old guy that has dreams. And you know what? He bowled great. First, first game, what did you, what'd you get, 146? 144. See, I'm trying to, 144. Do you think there's anybody that beat him? Not a chance. I thought, great. Second game, all right, Ian, stand up. Ian beat Pastor Joel the second game right there, man. Stay standing. Stay standing. What did you get? What kind of pop? All right. What, what kind of candy bar? Skittles. Skittles. All right. There. I did it. And I didn't expense that out either. That was all me. All right. Good morning, Gateway Church. We are a growing family after God's heart. I told you about my first paying job that I had, not an allowance. And uh, I want to start by, by sharing that, that job that, that I had, my first one. And I was, I think, uh, fifth grade, sixth grade, something like that. And uh, my best friend, Kevin, his older brother, Kurt, had a paper route. And he, he was graduating from the paper route, and he, he got a job as a cook in the Scotties drive-in just north of town, flipping hamburgers. And so he gave first choice to his brother, Kevin, for this paper route. He declined, and he gave it. I was next in line, about 100 papers, American News. And I said, I, man, I see what, what kind of Schwinn... 10 speed, you're riding, Kurt. I mean, I want one of those, all right? What's it going to take? He said, here's the paper route. 100 plus papers. That was my first paying job, all right? What was your first paying job? Elvin, what was your first paying job? Milking cows for somebody. Milking cows for somebody. <laughs> all right. See, I'm putting some of you in the spot, all right? Todd. You guys are all getting nervous now. Everybody's kind of saying, what was that job? I'm so old, I don't know if I remember anymore. Painting curves for the city of Loretto. Painting curves for the city of Loretto. That's pretty cool. All right. Anybody else? Renee. You knew, I, can you believe? I would actually pick on you. Do you remember your first paying job? Not allowance. Chuck E. Cheese. Wow. That's a great job. She's going to be mad at me now. No. So I walked that route. I had my own path, all right? You could call it the Paul the Paperboy's path. And I cheated. The mailman, I should have watched the mailman. Because he does it right. She does it right. They know exactly what they're not to do, which is what? Cheat. I cheated. It's like, man, I don't want to walk all the way to this corner house, and, and I'm not going to. They'll never know. Nobody's home. They're working. I'm just going to cheat. I'm going to, I'm going to one time, I'm just going to go over and walk on the grass. Well, guess what happened? Day one, day two, week three, week four. It's like I had my own path, and then one day, there it was. Two wooden stakes pounded in the path with a little sign hanging saying what? Do not trespass. 
I had to change my path. There was a path, a road that Jesus and his disciples had walked upon. It wasn't a new path. They had been on this road many times. It was called the Jericho Road. It was named. They had climbed most of the treacherous pathway that twisted and turned for 17 miles. It's a long ways from Jericho up to Jerusalem. 17 miles. It wasn't, it wasn't flat. If you looked at the geography, Google it, you can see that it was this incredible path from Jericho up to Jerusalem. Jesus knew this path well. He walked on it. He traveled it before. He was a very young boy. His mom and dad, Mary and Joseph, can you believe it? Maybe he jumped on Joseph's back. Wouldn't it be cool to see something like that? He probably did that. He said, Dad, I'm tired. Give me a ride. This 17 miles is a long way. And they didn't have a lot of money, so they had to walk it. But now, 25 years later, he's on the same path. But Jesus is leading the way this time. He's not on the back of his dad. He's not walking with his hand in his mom's hand. Wouldn't that be a cool sight? He's leading the charge. He's leading the way. Who is with him? His disciples were walking with him all the way up to Jerusalem. He had set his gaze to the city. There was Jerusalem. You could see the temple glistening in the afternoon sunlight. You'd see the magnificent towering gates, those cool gates around Jerusalem. Remember we talked about it in Nehemiah? They rebuilt the wall. Well, it was, it was beautiful walls and gates. Jesus And his disciples would remember the great history of it all, how King David first took that parcel of land as God's city, Jerusalem, how Solomon built the first glorious temple. It was the city of the great king. And at some point in their history, the Jews knew their Messiah. Someday he would come and he would reveal himself to his people. The road itself was known and loved. Well, that day was a Sunday. We know it as Palm Sunday, right? It's the day that begins the week of passion. This is the day it starts, Sunday. On this day, I want you to really... Some, some years it's just really strong on my heart. I don't always preach a Palm Sunday service, but this year it felt like the Lord was leading me to, to do it. I want us to be prepared for this week coming up. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about Way of the Cross and what happens here in this room, how it gets transformed. And if you've never been to Way of the Cross I want to encourage you to grab that that insert, take it home with you 
Look at the time. Determine what time you're going to come. Come. It will have an impact in your life. Grab a couple of these. Invite some, some friends to come with you. Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Right? Matthew 21, 1 through 11. Just want to read the scripture. In fact, I, I loved what Pastor Joel did a few weeks ago when he preached. He asked us to just stand when we read the scripture. And we don't always have to do that, but let's stand again today. That's good. Stand. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his, of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, like, Hey, what are you, are you stealing my, my, what are you doing with my donkeys? <laughs> they, can't, they got to the point where when Jesus told them to do what, he just, okay, we'll do it, Jesus. This is a crazy idea. If they say anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter, Zion, see your king comes to you. How gentle, and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the ground, while others, others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted. Let's say this together right in unison. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet Nazareth in Galilee. You may be seated. Lord, I ask that by your spirit you would prepare us to receive our king through your word, by the power of the spirit. Help us to respond to the message of your word today. It's a living word. Breathe on it, Holy Spirit. Meet us where we're at today. We're all in different places. Some come with broken hearts, heavy hearts. God, I ask that by your spirit they would see how meek and kind and gentle you are, Jesus. You didn't come on a white stallion. You'll come again on a white horse, but on this day you came in a gentle, in a kind way. We lay down the cloaks of our heart 
We rend the garments of our heart. And we say, Jesus, you are the king. Be the king of of everything that I am. I submit myself to your lordship. I trust in your care, Jesus. For I trust in your heart. Though I don't always understand your ways, I trust your heart through faith. Receive the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Today is Palm Sunday. It marks the day that Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So what's the message of the triumphal entry? And how should I respond to it? That, that's really my goal today, all right? And it's three things, three words came to mind. Declaration, description, and demonstration. First of all, it's a declaration of who he is, right? He is the king. Jesus is the king. Verses 5 through 7, it was right there. So what should be our response? I submit to your lordship. We'll talk a little bit more about that, what that looks like. It's a description of his heart. He is gentle. Zechariah 9.9 says, See, your king comes to you how? In a gentle way. And the last thing, the message of the triumphal entry is a demonstration of what he does. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Let's start with who he is. He's the king. They did what Jesus told them to do. Right? Go get this donkey. The foal of a, a donkey, colt. It's never been ridden on. I don't know anything about horses. How many here have a horse? Who owns horses here? Just those. Anybody? Any hands? I mean, I'm not going to pick on you anymore. Okay, we've got one horse owner here. Anybody else? How about have you ridden a horse before? Okay, more, yeah, look at this. How many really like riding horses? How many have ever ridden on a horse that's never been ridden before? And right, okay, we've got a few hands. Okay, this this colt never been ridden before, right? I, that's part of what this story is all about. If you if you know anything about riding, you know that you don't just jump on you know this baby colt and this. What's going to happen? It's not going to be a good thing. I remember when I was a kid, my cousins came from Illinois, from Peoria, Illinois, right in the, in the city of Peoria. And they'd never been on a farm before. And my mom had relatives in Claremont, South Dakota, and Ken and Jerry Webb. I remember their names. And they had, they had some horses. They were pig farmers, hog farmers, and, and grew lots of grain and corn and things like that. But they, they had this, this black horse. And it's been, it was ridden before. So it wasn't like nobody ever rode this horse before. But these city slickers from Peoria came and Mark, Mark and Robin, they wanted to ride a horse. And they were kind of, 
on the rude side, more abrasive, not real timid. And Mark said, hey, I can ride a horse. It's not, it doesn't look that, it doesn't look that, like, that scary. I'm not afraid. What did he, guess what he did? He, he jumped the fence. I mean, he actually grabbed a hold of that horse and tried to get on, and that horse didn't know what was going on. I mean, the first natural instinct for that horse was to move about and to buck a little bit. But this colt, never been ridden before, was perfectly placed by God, right? And when Jesus got on top, it was this animal knew that this person is kind and gentle, right? But he's the king of kings. Imagine. So they did what he told them to do. They didn't know that they were going to be a fulfillment of Zechariah's prophecy. 500 years earlier, a prophet. I mean, how old is the United States of America? Like 250 years plus? Now somebody's going to say, well, it's, you know, the exact number. I don't know the exact number. I can't go that quick in my brain right now. But it's like 250 years. Think about it. Zach, someone's going, no, it's not. Something like that, all right? 500 years before this actual event, a prophet wrote it down. And all these people revered the prophets. And they read in Zechariah about the Messiah. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, here's your king. He's gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt. They understood Zechariah's prophecy. It was referring to the Messiah, to God's anointed king. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Zechariah 9.9. Read it this, this afternoon. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king. He comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey. It happened just like the prophet said it would. To the T. By his actions, Jesus was saying, as he entered into Jerusalem, I'm the king that you have been reading about. I'm the Messiah that you have been waiting for. Here I am. And the majority of the people were clueless. They missed it. Not everyone. What's the message of the triumphal entry? In spreading their cloaks before Jesus, this was the ancient custom people threw down their garments to make a carpet for the royal procession. Here's what we do. We lay our hearts before him, right? Today. 
I want you to, to just picture laying your heart before Jesus, throwing down our wills in absolute surrender to who? To Jesus. Asking Jesus to govern everything that we say, think, and do. Who are you following? If you were to look behind you on Thursday, look ahead of you. Who's in front? Who's behind? I think there are times in my life when I look behind me and it's Jesus behind me. It's like, well, how'd you get there, Jesus? I thought you were ahead of me. Well, then I got ahead of the Lord. I began to just kind of do life my way. Think thoughts that get us into trouble. Live the way that we want to live our life. Pursue our dreams and our visions. What happens? He's not in front. He's behind me. But Jesus, what? Jesus should always be in front. So if I lay the garments of my heart down in complete and absolute surrender to Jesus, the best that I have, Jesus, you can, your colt can walk all over it. I don't care anymore. I'm going to tell you a story. John was, was driving home one night. The, the weather was rather nasty. The rain was coming down very hard. It was difficult to see. Seeing taillights ahead of, ahead of him, he followed the car in front. He really thought he was going in the right direction. You've been there before. I have. So I, I, I'm following the guy ahead of me because I'm trusting that he knows where the road is, because I can't see anything. All I can see is these taillights. So he stuck with it. He assumed he was on the right road. I think sometimes we think we're following Jesus in our lives. I go to church. I have Christian friends. I read the Bible once in a while. Doing pretty good. All of a sudden, the car in front of him came to a complete stop. John began to wonder what had happened. Perhaps the car in front of him had hit a deer or something like that had happened. He began to feel uncomfortable thinking that anyone who stops in the middle of the road is crazy. This can lead to accidents. Much to his alarm, this guy gets out of his car, walks over to John's car, knocks on the window. Can you imagine? This John's just like, he's like, what is going on here? The guy's asking him, what, what are you doing? John's a little, he's getting a little ticked off now, right? The, he's, he's mad. He says, well, what are you doing? You can't stop in the middle of the road. It's, that's crazy. You're going to get into an accident. He said, we're not in the middle of the road. We're in my driveway. Sometimes we assume that we're following Jesus. 
when we're just going our own way, doing our own thing. I want to follow Jesus. I don't always know how to do that. But I want to go my own way. I, want to, I don't want to do my own thing. Because of his heart. Oh, friend, if you could just know the heart of Jesus today. Devil's trying to tell you that you can't trust him. Oh, if you just know the heart of Jesus today. He's gentle. Don't you love that about Jesus? I know I do. How about if he was some sort of abrasive, strong, proud king? He's kind of strutted his stuff, kind of acted like he had his life all together, and he did. And he kind of walked around like he was something big, and he's big. Like he knows it all. He's so smart. I mean, and he, makes, he lets you know how smart he is. But he would communicate to you and me on the level that we would understand the best way. He would take my boys, Ashton and AJ, and he would look at them in their eyes and he would speak to them in a way that they would understand and they would know that he is kind and that he loves you. So I just want to be like you, Jesus. I'm not that way. I'm kind of abrasive and cold and indifferent. No, don't be that way anymore. Change. Don't blame it on your personality. Okay, we all have our certain wiring. But Jesus was gentle. But he's still strong. Make me like you, Jesus. And lastly, what's, what's the demonstration? It's what he does. He, he saves, right? Hosanna. We say Hosanna, and it's, it's mostly Hosanna to you, Jesus, in the highest. I praise you. But it was more than just a praise to God. In Hosanna, literally, it means a cry for help. Psalm 118.25. Save us. This Palm Sunday, what is your response? What do you need to be saved from? I closed last week with the names, the Old Testament names of God. 
I'm going to close the same way today. We're going to close the exact same way we closed last week. Because this is so important. What do you need to be saved from today? I mean, God's all of this and so much more, right? Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Nisi, my battle fighter. I'm signing up for that one again, all right? This next one, I like this one too. Jehovah Shalom, giver of peace. Jehovah Rofi, our healer. Tzidkanu, our righteousness. Shema, ever-present one. Rohi, good shepherd. I encourage you to latch on to one of those. That's who he is. I want you to take this card out. You can throw the other bulletin away on your way out. It doesn't matter. But I don't want you to throw this away. I want you to take this card with you. I I want to encourage you to, to come to Way of the Cross. And to see the, the love of Jesus Christ put on display for our salvation. And what Jesus Christ went through to save us because he loves us so very, very much. The dates are there. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, the times. I want to encourage you to come. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. We're going to close. We're going to close like we, we closed Last Sunday. What do you need to do today? Do you need to submit? Do you need to make a request? Do you need to confess with your mouth, Jesus, you indeed save Hosanna, save me? I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to do that in our lives. You can find a quiet place in your heart of hearts. If you want to bow your heads, you can. You don't have to. We're just going to sing to the Lord a cappella. We're going to start with the song that we sang in closing last week. And then I don't know how we're going to conclude. There may be another song that the Lord puts on our hearts. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to do some, some great things in our hearts. We need, we need it. We just don't need another church service. You get really tired if all you do is just come to a church service week after week after week. You just like, not again. I don't think that happens here very often, but it can. We can make this just some sort of religious duty. But if our hearts are just like, Jesus, save me. I confess my need for you. God can do some great things in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So let's sing that song. Holy Spirit, I need you. Nasty Anna just to come.
stand here with me, the microphone. She doesn't know this is coming. That's all right. She's the one that's going to help us sing. Come, Holy Spirit, I need Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own gentle Sing that out again. Sing it out to the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own gentle Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Touch hearts. Heal hearts. Soften hearts. Melt me. Mold me. Fill me. Use me. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Spirit of the living God. Come. We need your Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God. Heal our hearts, Lord. to the Lord. Father, proclaim your goodness. You are sovereign in all your ways. Jesus, you are kind and meek. Thank you for loving us and going to the cross for us. Holy Spirit, the great counselor, the one who comes alongside us and lives within us. Form the heart of Christ in us, Holy Spirit. Do your great work. We love you. We trust you. We worship you. 
We lay down the cloaks of our lives. We surrender all to you, Jesus. You are worthy. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.